Happy Father's Day. Who's a papa in the house? Anybody? I got a few dads. Got a few. My dad, his trademark is that he loves locking things. So we grew up, and my dad would, we would leave the house, and his first thing we would do, we'd get in the car, be like, oh, wait just a minute. And he'd go back to the car, and he would check the door. And then he'd start to leave, and then he'd go back to the door, check it again. And so we always had a very secure house. So I think every dad, probably every mom too, but every dad's got their quirks that they, that they kind of do. But um, since it is Father's Day, I had, I had um, some really groan-worthy jokes for you this morning that I thought was very appropriate. So anybody, anybody hear some dad jokes here? I wanted to tell you this. How many telemarketers does it take to change a light bulb? Only one, but he has to do it while you're eating dinner. <laughs> I was addicted to the hokey pokey, but I turned myself around. I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. I'm going to get more groans out of you yet. I'm going to work at it. Today, my son asked me, can I have a bookmark? I burst into tears. He's 11 years old, and he still doesn't know that my name is Brian. That's okay. That's okay. I got a, sh I got a shake of a head from Cindy. That's good. Why didn't Han Solo enjoy his steak dinner? It was chewy. I know a bunch of good jokes about umbrellas, but they usually go over people's heads. <laughs> Some of you haven't even cracked a smile yet. It's okay. What is the most popular fish in the ocean? Starfish. Yeah, anyway, sorry. I'm sorry. Hey, you know barbers? You really got to take your hat off to them. Oh, man, it's a rough crowd. What did one plate say to another plate? Tonight, dinner's on me. Did you hear about the surgeon who enjoyed performing quick surgeries on insects? He did one on the fly. Okay, enough of that. I'm done, I promise. <laughs> uh, well, hey, it's good to see you this morning. Happy Father's Day to everybody. And uh, how many of you know it's good to have a father? And we all need a father. And if you don't have a father this morning, you have a heavenly father who loves you, who's for you, who is the perfect father. And the title of my message today is um, The Father Heart of God. And um, I'm going to pray real quick. I will jump in. So God, I just thank you that you are a perfect father. Thank you that you see us for who we are and you like us. Thank you, God, that you're here to teach the fathers in this room how to be fathers and to impart your father heart to each one of us, your smile. And so I just pray, God, give us ears to hear your heart to us today. And everyone said, amen. I love one of my most favorite passages in scripture is when Jesus was getting baptized and he comes up out of the water and a voice comes from heaven and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. That is the heart of the father. That he looks down on his kids with a big smile on his face and says, you're my kid. I'm proud of you. 
with a big smile. I'm going to, I don't usually do this, but I'm going to walk through the word father today and kind of an acronym. And, and I would say this, F stands for faithful provision and care. In Matthew 6, 25 to 33, it says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't worry or make their clothes. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they were. And if God can wonderfully, so wonderfully cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all that you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you Everything you need. One of my favorite stories growing up, we, um, we were a preacher's family, so we didn't have a ton of cash. And, um, and we really were out of food, actually, at one point. We didn't have much food in the house. And I remember my parents sat us down and just said, hey, we're going to thank God for how he provides. And so we prayed and just said, okay, God, uh, we just thank you that you're going to provide. And I remember the very next day, there was a giant bag of hash browns at our door, like this huge like bag of hash browns. And we ate hash browns, and we ate hash browns, and we ate some more hash browns, and ketchup with hash browns, and you know, it was hash brown city all the way along. But it was such a reminder to me that when we pray, our Heavenly Father really does hear us. And there's this other verse in, um, there's other verse in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. And it says this, let your conduct be without coveting. Be content. Let me just pull up the, the verse here. Let your conduct be without coveting. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? God promises not only to take care of us, but he promises never to forsake us. Now, you could be in the same room with somebody, and their heart can be so distant from you. They could be so far away from you. And God promises never to reject us, never to be away from us, to always hold us close, dear to his heart. But he also promises never to turn his heart away from us. He never pulls back his heart, removes his love, and says, eh, no, no, he is faithful. But I think part of this thing is, let your, this whole verse here is, let your conduct be without coveting. I think it's so clear that when we have an orphan heart, when we don't know the heart of a father towards us, it's easy to walk in an orphan heart. And what does an orphan do? An orphan has to fend for themselves. An orphan has to make sure that their needs get met. An orphan has to get more than they need because they don't know what will happen for them tomorrow. And I was um, listening to a mentor of mine talk, and he was saying how he did a lot of foster care growing up. 
And they had some kids that came into their house from lower income housing and lower, just lower income experiences. And the kids, they would be like, go into the kitchen and there would be like the loaf of bread would be missing or like go into the fridge and like half the stuff in the fridge is gone. And then they would walk into the kid's room, go to their bed, pull up the bottom of the sheets, and there was, like, the jam and the bread. And, like, half the kitchen would be underneath the bed, shoved in under the pillow or whatever. Because these kids didn't trust that they were going to have enough food. So he was thinking, and he's like, you know, I'm going to try something. So what he started to do is he started actually taking cash, like dollar bills, nickels, dimes, and he would, like, hide it and the money and then they would put it all underneath their mattress thinking that they were finding like something that no one knew was there. And he just kept doing this for months, just giving them a little more, a little more until one day the kids stopped hoarding the cash, stopped getting stuff out of the fridge because they finally got to a place where they could trust, oh, I'm going to be provided for. I think this is so many people's experience. Am I going to be provided for? Do I, am I going to have what I need? I don't know. So I better get more than what I need. I better take care of myself because I don't know. But we have a heavenly father that promises to give us everything that we need. F stands for faithful provision and care. A stands for attentive. Matthew 6, 6 says this. When you pray, go into your room. And when you shut the door... Pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Isn't it interesting that God says, go pray to me, but do it when no one can see you. When no one knows that you're praying. I wonder what prayers are in your heart and in my heart. Are there things that maybe you've never told anybody and God's like, I want you to talk to me about those things. I want you to bring that up to me and just watch to see what God will do. A heavenly father or a good father is attentive to the needs. He's watching. He sees what you're hoping for. He knows what's in your heart. And I remember this one time, my wife, um, who's downstairs this morning, she, God always seems to answer her little prayers, like all the little simple things. We're on our honeymoon and um, I had forgotten to cut my toenails. They were like really long. And so we're, we're walking around. I'm like, that, that looks really gnarly. I should, uh, should take care of that. And, um, and she's like, well, we should, and she's like, well, we should get some, some nail clippers. And we didn't have any. And we're like, well, where are we going to get nail clippers? We didn't know where to go. And we were on this little island. And, and so what was funny, she prays. She's like, God, give us nail clippers. We walk into, we, we, we've got an Uber and we rushed over and we had like five minutes and we were like, okay, I hope we find something. We rush into this convenience store. The very first thing we see on the shelf is a nail, is a nail clipper set right in front of our face. God answers prayer, even like the little things. Nail clippers because my nails are too long. God cares. He cares about the small things. He cares about the things that you feel like maybe no one else cares. He cares about those things. He's attentive. A father is attentive. I like what it says in Malachi 4.6. It says this. This is when the Holy Spirit comes to our hearts. It says this. And he will turn and reconcile the hearts of the estranged fathers to their ungodly children. And the hearts of the rebellious children to, the, to their fathers. A reconciliation provided by repentance of the ungodly. In other words, this. When the Spirit of God touches a father's heart, 
it doesn't matter the performance of your kid. It doesn't matter what they've done or haven't done. Your heart turns and you say, oh, I just love you. I'm for you. And when the Holy Spirit touches the heart of a kid that's been walking away, their heart turns in repentance and they say, well, I think I am going to listen to my dad. And to any father here that's had struggle with your kids, I just want to encourage you, the Spirit of God is really good at getting a hold of our hearts. A stands for attentive. T stands for time. God wants our time. Fathers need our time. Love is spelled T-I-M-E, time. If we don't spend time, we won't see the relationship grow. Probably one of my most favorite memories ever. I was living in a condo in Centerpoint where Ron lives. And I was feeling a little isolated. I was 27 years old, bachelor on my own, and I didn't even have enough money to buy a TV. But I was really excited this night because I took my laptop and I set it up and I had a surround sound. So I had this like little 20-inch TV. Set up my surround sound and I put it all around the room, connected to this tiny little screen, and I put on an action movie something with lots of explosions. And I sat in my bed with a big bowl of popcorn and I'm like watching the explosions, enjoying this movie. And I, I had never had this experience before. It was, it was the wildest. I'm sitting there just enjoying this movie. All of a sudden, I start sensing the presence of God in the room. And I'm like, you like action movies, Jesus? And it was like God was just kind of saying to me, I just want to spend time with you. Like, I care about what you care about. I, I, I want to engage with you where you are. And, and I think when we recognize that God loves to just be where we are, a good father loves to be where his kids are, just loves to spend time. And one thing that blows me away is that God's always available. Like, always. If you, after today, after the service, go grab your Bible and say, hey, I want to spend time with God. God's like, cool, I was waiting for you. He's, he's never in a hurry. He's never like, I don't have time for you. He's always attentive to these kids who say, Dad, I want to spend time with you. A good father spends time. H, and this one really grabs my heart. A heart of mercy and grace. Psalms 103, 9 through 14 says this. He will not, this is speaking of God, Constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all of our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is great, as great as the heights of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. The Lord is like a father to his children. Tender, compassionate to those who fear him. For he knows how weak we are. He remembers that we are dust. What is it to fear God? It's to be in awe of him. Like Niagara Falls or the Grand Canyon, you're in awe of who God is. And what I love about this is it shows in this passage, God's desire is not to be angry with us, to push us away, to thump, thump you on the head, but he's a God of loving mercy and loving grace. Mercy is you don't get what you do deserve. Grace is you get what you shouldn't deserve. Heard a story a while ago about a preacher who was speeding through a little town. 
gets pulled over by a cop. Cop says, hey, how, do you know how fast you're going back there? Gives him a speeding ticket for going 20 or 30 over the speed limit or something. He goes in a week or two later into the judge. And the judge sees him, asks the man, what's your occupation? He's like, I'm a preacher. You know, he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing, not being the best example. And the judge looks at him and says, this is going to be a fine of about $250. And then the judge goes out of his pocket, pulls 250 bucks out, and lays it down. And then the judge said this, I'm going to pay for your fine. I'm going to ask you to come on over for dinner. Mercy is that God took the price for all of our sin. He pays the bill. And then he says, I want you to come over to my house. And he gives us grace. Mercy, I don't get what I do deserve. Grace, I'm given what I don't deserve. Friendship with God. I think the devil really wants us to believe that God is angry with us. So we won't run to him. He's, he's an angry God standing in the corner with his arms crossed and saying, well, if you perform a little better, maybe I'll be a little nicer to you. But that is not the heart of God. He's a God of mercy. He's a God of grace. He's a God that's present. He's a God that's attentive. Now, I would say this. He is a God that does correct us. I remember this one time, and if my dad's listening, he'll laugh at the story. We were living in the Tri-Cities, and we had a double little two-story house, and in the bottom we had our TV room, and I was eating a hot dog, and I really wanted to have some ketchup with my hot dog, so I ran upstairs, and we had this pump bottle for, with ketchup, and my mom would fill it up. Well, I grabbed the pump bottle, and I was going to run down the stairs, and it was this little container, and I grabbed it by the top, and I started swinging. I was walking on swinging it like this. I was going on the stairs. The top comes off, and my, by the way, my mom had this beautiful white wallpaper that went all the way down, these nice flowers on it and all this stuff. The bottle pops off like one step up off the thing, and the ketchup bottle goes down the entire stairs, coating all of the walls in ketchup all the way down. And I'll tell you what, guys, I scrubbed those walls, and I scrubbed those walls, and I scrubbed those walls. And then another time, I had this habit of, of banging the doors all the time. I'd slam the door all the time. So my dad comes to me and says, Jeremy, we're going to teach you how to close doors. So I remember this one day, my, my dad's like, come here, Jeremy. He, he was like, go over to this door, and I want you to close it nice and, cl nice and quietly. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm frustrated, right? I'm like this, you know, nine-year-old kid, don't want to slow down for anything. And I close it and open it. He's like, cool. All right, now do that another 99 times. So now I'm standing there quietly opening and closing the door, doing this whole thing. And, and that, was, that was a discipline, right? And our Heavenly Father will do the same thing to us. Not to condemn us, not to thwack us, but because he has something better for us. Because he knows that he wants us to step into all that he has for us. So sometimes we experience the, the, the chastisement or the discipline of God because he's drawing to draw us into something better. There's just one time with my dad, too, that I was going to Tolo. Anybody here ever went to a Tolo? And I wasn't good at tying ties. And... There's this one picture, I wish I had it today, but there's this picture of my dad trying to help me tie my tie. And if you see this picture, you see me, I have this massive, angry look on my face. I'm like, I'm all mad at my dad, and my dad has this stubborn look on his face. He's trying to help me tie my tie. Well, what was going through my dad's mind is my son, I want my son to look good at the dance. He's struggling with how to tie this tie. I'm going to help my son. I'm going to tie the tie for him. What was going through my head was, 
you just don't think I'm good enough. You, 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 you're looking down on me. You, you don't think I'm enough. You don't think da, da, da. And I had this whole perception that my dad was picking me apart, didn't think I was doing what was good, blah, 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 blah. That was the furthest thing from the truth. But sometimes when God corrects us, we misinterpret how he's talking to us. He's not looking down on us. He's calling us to something higher, something better. But sometimes we interpret it as his disapproval instead of his, just his correction. Hebrews 12, 12, 10 through 11 says, For our earthly fathers discipline us for a few years, doing the best they know how. But God's discipline is always good for us. God's discipline is always good for us. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful, but afterwards there is a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained by it. A father never desires to cause pain, but through discipline we grow into what we were made to be. A loving father looks at his kids and says, I know you have what it takes. I also like this. It says this in Hebrews eleven six that God is also a God who rewards those who seek him. He's not just a God of discipline. He's also a God of reward. A loving father is a, a God of mercy, of grace, of discipline, and reward. E. The E stands for expressive love. Matthew 3.16 says, After Jesus' baptism... He came up out of the water and the heavens were open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Oh man, I think we all need to hear that, right? I'm proud of you. You did a good job. Well done. You're worth listening to. You have what it takes. Everyone, and I, I just want to say this as a, as a new father, Oh, God, help us as fathers to stand up and to speak identity to the people around us. And maybe, maybe you don't have kids of your own, but you can come as a parent and say, you have what it takes. I believe in you. This is what you're called to, to speak identity and life into the people that are children. We all need to hear this. Our relational. Ephesians 6, 4 says this, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. My dad used to use this line. Any of your dads ever use this or maybe you use this? This hurts me more than it hurts you. Anyone get that line? When I was a kid, I used to say, well, dad, I'll, you know, if, if this hurts you more, than, we can switch places. That's fine. You know? And and I learned a few things from my parents growing up this, that they always never, they tried their best to never discipline me in anger. And they always did their best to explain to me why what I did was a problem. God is relational. Oh man, we need to be relational in how we approach kids. How we reach each other. But God never brings discipline or correction outside of relationship. He always does it with relationship. Part of a parent's role is to train their kids. And that means step by step. And if we miss a step, we go back around again and we try it again. 
Right now we're trying to teach Isabella how to walk on the sidewalk. And there's a lot of correction and there's a lot of, hey, no, 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 not the street. Walk on the, walk on the sidewalk. And I think God is doing that all the time with us. Trying to train us into space. Like, no, 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 walk this way. Stay with me. His discipline is not his disapproval. It's actually because he believes that there's something great for you. Father, F stands for faithful provision and care. That's what his desire is for you. He wants to give you his faithful provision and care. Trust his timing. Trust he'll give you everything you need. You're not an orphan. Trust that he will come through. Trust that what he's giving you now is what you need and the dreams of your heart he cares about too. A, attentive. Ah, he sees you. He sees you in that secret place where no one sees and the tears come flowing and it's hard. He's like, I'm with you here, this secret place. I'm with you. Time. He's got all the time in the world. He loves to hear you talk. He loves to be next to you. If you got time for him, he's got time for you. H, heart of mercy, heart of grace. He gives you, us what we don't deserve. He withholds and puts on his son what we do deserve. E, expressive love. He so wants to express his love to you. He's not a God that's distant at arm's length. He wants to pour out his presence to your heart are relational. He says, walk with me. God's not looking for workers. He's looking for sons and daughters. He wants to do things with his sons and daughters. A bunch of years ago, I, I, had, I was in the middle of worship and I got this picture and I saw this young girl and she was at a painting easel. She was painting and every now and then she would turn over her shoulder and she would look and she had this look of smile like, like, hey, look what I did. And and every single time she just felt discouraged. And so she would draw a little more and paint a little more and make this big painting. And she'd be like, look. And again, no reaction. And she was getting really flustered because she's trying to make this painting great. And she's getting no approval. This happened like three or four times. And at the end of the picture, a voice came out and says, I, I wasn't looking for you to just paint something for me. I wanted to paint with you. And I wonder if sometimes we're trying to do things for God when he's saying, I want to do this with you. I didn't want workers. I want sons. I want daughters. To every father in the room, the Holy Spirit wants to help you to be a man that's faithful in provision and care. Attentive, not distracted. To give your time in the right places to have a heart of mercy a heart of grace to express your love and be relational if you got a bible go to job 29 it's probably one of my most favorite chapters in the entire bible Job 29 says this near the end. Too bad I can't find it. Oh, the Old Testament. Okay, thanks. Page 248. 
Maybe it was in the wrong. Anyway, I'm in the wrong section. I can't even find it. You know what? It's okay. I'm in the wrong spot, aren't I? There we go. Job is talking about his friendship with God. And he was in the middle of all this heartache. And in the end of Job, I was in the book of Proverbs. That was my problem. In the end of the chapter, he says at the beginning of the chapter, he says, man, I, I remember the times when I had the friendship of God all over my life. He was talking about all the blessings in his life and all the good things in his life. And, but near the end of the chapter, and this is, this is what I feel like is a calling for everybody here that's called to be a father and a mother. Whether that's a natural or spiritual, you all have a calling to impart life, right? Life. He said this in verse 21, and this is what you can expect when you live a life in, in friendship with God. Men listened to me and waited, kept silent for my counsel. After I spoke, they did not speak again, and my words dropped upon them. In other words, their words, man, that changed my life. They waited for me as for the rain, and they opened their mouths as for the spring rain. In other words, your words become so refreshing. I smiled on them who had no confidence, and the light of my face they did not cast down. I chose their way and sat as their chief, and I lived like a king among his troops, like one who comforts mourners. When you walk in friendship and partnership with God, he puts his father heart inside of you, and you start seeing people around you walking in insecurity, walking in fear, walking not who they know they are. And this heart rises up in you that says this, hey you, come here. Hey you, come here. And your smile brings life and confidence because it's the smile of the Father shining down on them. I chose their way and I sat as their chief. Hey all you who lack confidence, all those of you who are insecure, come on over, you're my people. Whether that's your workplace, whether that's your children, whether that wherever you are, the Spirit of the Lord wants to reside in us to be those that gather and bring identity to those that are struggling. To smile on them and say, you're with me, I'm with you, come on over. Maybe this morning you're in a space, you're like, oh my goodness, I just need to hear the smile of the Father to me. But I can tell you, everybody here, God desires that his smile would shine out of you, that his word would shine out of you, that you would bring confidence. We could just bow our heads this morning. I just, I just want to pray something over you. Spirit of the Lord, thank you that you have a heart that is for us and not against us. God, I just pray today each one of us in this room would experience the Father heart of God. A God who smiles at us, a God that's for us. A God that corrects us, a God that rewards us. A God that wants to draw us close and a God that has better things for us than we would have for ourselves. Just praying today, God, I pray right now that each one of us would receive the heart of the Father. You got high standards for us, but you got great strength for us too. 
Secondly, God, we lift up to you every father in this room. Holy Spirit, would you help us to be the fathers you've called us to be? Faithful, attentive, giving of our time, full of mercy and grace, expressive love, relational. And Lord, we pray also for everyone in this room who said, man, my, my example as a father wasn't perfect. God, I, I just thank you, God, that you are our father and you love us and you draw us close. Would you be our example? Maybe you lacked an example. Maybe your example wasn't the best. But God, would you shine through us and would you give your example of a father to each one of us? And I pray all that in Jesus' name. Everyone said. Amen.